You're listening to Witham's Taxing Topics. When it rains, it pours. Tax regulations and guidance are dynamic, continually changing domestic and international financial waters. Step under Witham's umbrella to better weather the storms of tending taxing topics. We'll share the essential news and information you need to prepare for what's ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining. My name is Scott Bartoff. I'm a partner in Witham's Theater, Arts, and Entertainment Group. One of the things that's certain when dealing with tax law is that it will change. And these last several years have certainly been no exception to that. Today, we're here to discuss an important change in the area of tax reporting to investors in any U.S. partnership that has foreign activity. We're going to look at how information is reported to those investors on their Schedule K-1 and specifically the changes and the introduction of the new Schedules K-2 and K-3. These changes are going to affect the way that information is reported to many of our clients, particularly those in the theater, entertainment, and financial service practice areas. So with me today, we have Haya Siegfried, a partner in our International Tax Services Group, and Charles Batika, a manager in our theater group who focuses on international taxation. So I want to kick it over to Haya and Charles. Thanks, Scott. So, Charles, tell us a little bit about these new forms. What are these forms and what, what can we expect? So, yeah, the new forms are the Schedule K-2 and K-3. They're going to be used to report items of international tax relevance from flow-through entities uh, for foreign partnerships, U.S. partnerships, and 1120Ss. And the changes are due from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for international filings. The IRS wanted to... Uh, make it a priority to revamp these to deal with provisions in a more efficient fashion. So when, firstly, when will these forms be required, the new Schedule K-2 and K-3? So the, they're due to, to, to be filed with your 2021 tax returns, whether oh, it be, wow. yeah, whether it be in, in March or at the extended date as well. Wow, so that's something we're going to be dealing with real soon. So the investors in these U.S. partnerships that are now filing the K-2 and the K-3, are they also still going to be receiving the Schedule K-1, or is this going to replace the Schedule K-1? No, so K-1 will be filed, but you'll see line 16 will be uh, replaced with a checkbox, just saying that international filings are attributed to the return. And then K-2 and K-3 will, will be supplemental. The K-2 will have the partnership's distributive share of uh, the income deductions and credits and et cetera. And then the K-3 will be the actual partner's respective share. Interesting. So for years, all of the foreign transactions of a partnership were just reflected on that one line 16. And to the extent there was any more detail that didn't fit onto that one line on the K-1, there would be these white paper statements. And every partnership had their own format for filing the white paper statement. And so if you were the IRS receiving these white paper statements, they're hard to process. And if if you're a partner getting white paper statements from multiple partnerships, it's also hard to assimilate all that information and understand um, you know, exactly what's being reported. So it sounds like the K-2 and the K-3, the intent here is to replace those white paper statements and make a more streamlined process 
And we know with TCJA and even before that, there were, as the world shrunk and there's more and more foreign activity, we're seeing more and more foreign reporting that needs to get pushed up to the partners receiving the K-1. So, um, so this is it, the K-2 and the K-3, that's the intent to, to, to address all of that reporting. Yeah, and it's it's twofold. So one, they're trying to make it a simplified process for the shareholders to file their taxes, but also the IRS is looking to standardize the way that this information is reported. So it could ultimately end up re to reduced audits. And the K-2 and the K-3 will actually replicate international filings, and it'll show you what amounts to report on the 8621 for PFIX or the 8992 for guilty or the 8993 for the section 250 uh, deduction. And the um, forms 1116 and 1118, I think, are probably going to be the most utilized. Okay, so it sounds almost like the, the partners receiving this, they'll be able to upload this data e more easily and process the data more easily because it's coming in in a standard format as opposed to the white paper statement. So um, sounds like a lot of work, but maybe maybe some some light at the end of the tunnel. And I think you talked to us a little bit more about the 1116, the foreign tax credits, because it sounds like you think that's the part that will be utilized most. So would you say that's that that area, the foreign tax credits, that's an area of particular focus on these K2, K3? Uh, definitely. I know that a high percentage of international audits stem from foreign tax credits. Uh, the supplemental parts in the K2, K3 will break down the income and deductions to calculate net income, and specifically Section 3 will report eligible foreign taxes paid and accrued. I think where a lot of disconnect comes from, uh, preparers that will take an international tax return and they'll take the total tax paid rather than taking into consideration the amount that's actually due and whether a refund was granted at the end of the year. So that piece ultimately will help, I believe, to also reduce uh, audits for the IRS and as well as for shareholders. Nobody wants to go through that audit. Well, that's Good news then, and definitely in our, I know in our theater um, practice, a lot of the reporting on our, our partnership returns with foreign productions, um, there are foreign tax credits coming up. And from a, from a K-1 recipient's perspective, it may sometimes be challenging to understand the foreign tax credit information that's coming up with the reporting to date, where it's just a number and maybe there's not enough context and guidance on, on, on how to report that on your own personal return. So that will be, it does sound like something beneficial for the partners that, we're gonna, that will be getting the K-1s, but thinking about the partnerships for a minute, um, this sounds like a big undertaking, transitioning from a world where everything was reported on white paper statements, kind of in a way, that you had your you had a lot of um, you had a lot of leeway in terms of how you wanted to report it and exactly what you're reporting, and now you have to file and report in accordance with what's being requested on the K2 K3. So that sounds like a big undertaking for the partnerships. 
is the IRS, um, do they recognize that this is a big undertaking? Is there any type of relief for partnerships that find this challenging? Is there a threshold of when this needs to be done? Uh, yeah, so I said, as I said, I, the due date is going to be with the, the return being filed, and it includes the extension, but the IRS did announce they're going to provide relief for K2, K3 uh, schedules that are filed either incorrectly or incomplete, but you have to at least demonstrate some type of good faith effort to comply. Okay, so we have to try to get this right initially, but if, you know, if we don't fully get it there in the first year, there's some some relief and the IRS recognizes it. So that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, so Scott, that's what we have for you. You know, some some new forms coming up, a little bit of good, a little bit of chat, a little bit of challenge, a little bit of, of good news for partners. Um, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting tax season. <laughs> that's great. They always are. <laughs> Thank you, Hi and Charles. Really appreciate that. Uh, and in closing, you know, while it creates some additional work up front, um, this process is really designed to standardize reporting. And, you know, as Haya and Charles pointed out, uh, this will hopefully create efficiency and consistency for not only the IRS, but also for the partnerships and their investors. So ultimately, the hope is that this consistency will minimize audits in this area. So, Charles and Haya, uh, where can our clients access more information on these new reporting requirements? They can find more information at withem.com. They can navigate to our international services page, or they can reach out to yourself, Haya, or myself. Excellent. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good day. You've been listening to Withem's Tax and Topics. Contact us with your feedback or suggestions for future podcast topics. Visit www.withem.com for additional information. Send an email to info at withem.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Withem CPA. Thank you for listening.